0: It is a dangerous sport, and we got to teach the riders to not gallop at the fences. They got to be organized, and the horses have to understand the fundamentals. And uh, then uh, we'll keep people safer, and the horses go better. So it's um, it's important, even when you're working with that level.
1: Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast. The show for Eventing Fans by Eventing Fans
2: And as usual we'd like to thank our sponsor Main and Tail Karen. We love Main and Tail. We love Main and Tail. We absolutely love Maine and Tail. You know who else loves Main and Tail Karen? Caroline Martin. Caroline Martin. Caroline is on with us.
3: I think I'm the number one fan, to be honest, guys. I swear, I've been using the product since I was seven years old. And they're actually a local company uh, where I live in Pennsylvania. So they really have a special place in my heart. And people would not believe the amount of products they make. You know, you always think man and tail, the shampoo and conditioner. Well, they make the Tangler. They make this killer shine on spray that makes the horse's coat look amazing. They have spray and braid. They have everything. You don't have to go anywhere else to buy products. They're affordable. They're a family run company. Like and they're just the nicest group of people. So I could not think of a better company to go out and support. So if you have a horse, please only buy mean and tail. They're just they go above and beyond and they give back so much to the community. So they're they're honestly the best company I've ever worked with. So we love them. Yeah, we We have and that's all I
2: use. Yep that's, that's, what, all we that's what gives me my shine in my hair
3: so, so caroline, do you use it in your own hair yeah, yes, absolutely I yes, we use can own.
1: Do. <laughs> even
3: our dogs use it even our
2: dogs absolutely
3: they seriously they make anything you need so absolutely and nothing with tests nothing with drug tests they're just they just go above and beyond
2: they are the best so all right well thanks a lot man and tail and thank you caroline for joining us for that little spot Trish Scott's got us covered and she can cover you. Trish is on with us to talk about equine mortality and medical coverages, which there's a lot of changes, Trish. So tell us what's going on in the industry right now and how can you help people?
4: Yeah, there's a lot of changes going on, the equine mortality medical coverage right now. And I just wanted to put the word out there that we don't have to be afraid. Changes are coming, but, Um, I can certainly take care of, you know, whatever, you know, whatever questions, concerns, you know, our our ventures have. Right now, the biggest one is Great American is not offering any medical coverage to any renewals or new business. But and the thing is, with our ventures, they're the one of the top three rated horses for mortality. So it's a very unique breed of animal very unique training. So we need to make sure that your policy is covered. Um, I have access to some of the top rated carriers right now. They are all offering full mortality, medical, surgical, any coverage is needed for our vendors. Don't worry about it. Just give me a call and be more than happy to walk through your current policy and make sure that your renewal is covering your horse. Not a problem. Just give me a call. I'm always available. 484-319-8923.
2: The rain turtle by Turtleneck, the best rain sheet on the market, Karen.
4: The
1: best. It comes in a one, two, and a three piece with a three-year waterproof warranty. And it has a full antibacterial lining.
2: Yeah, fantastic. Of course, they have the stretch panels. So, Karen, if people want to learn more, learn about the rain turtle, the sizing, how to measure your horse for sizing, how do people learn more and purchase the rain turtle by Turtleneck?
1: Just go to turtleneck.biz.
2: Fairfax in Favor is even good for guys like me, Karen, who are shopping. So, What's really cool is they have color collections, so they have matching handbags and accessories that go with shoes, all different types of shoes. So for a guy like me who's shopping, it's very simple for me to match up what you have. So your birthday's coming up soon. Just kind of curious if there's some favorite color that you over like. Oh,
1: yeah. I'm obsessed with their mango and cornflower collection right now.
2: Yes, flower.
1: perfect for the summer season.
2: Yeah, so mangoes kind of looks like a mango color. Mm-hmm. Cornflower is like a baby blue. Yes, super super cute, and they come with they have shoes and accessories and all these different colors. So it's very easy to match. And and you know, for a guy like me who's not very good at that, you
1: know. <laughs> right? And they also have the trainer with the mango and cornflower stripes.
2: Yeah, well, that's very cool. So that way, just think about it: you get the trainer with the two different color stripes, and then
1: oh, two different purses.
2: Exactly. So, a mango hmm. purse
1: and a cornflower purse. I'm getting myself in trouble. (laughs) You sure are. So, Karen, if
2: people want to check mango and cornflower out for themselves and other great Fairfax and Favor products, where do they go?
1: All they have to do is go to fairfaxandfavor.com. Triple Crown Feed. Oh, yeah.
2: Triple Crown, big fans of Triple Crown Feed. They have tons of of great products out there, Mm -hmm. premium stuff. Karen, what do you got to say over there?
1: So, Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local Triple Crown feed dealer by going to triplecrownfree.com.
2: Triplecrownfeed.com. That's a little bit of a tongue twist. So Triplecrownfeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have a great feed comparison tool on their website. I encourage everyone to get over there. Check out Triple Crown Feed's website. Check out the different products. Check out what makes them so special. And give them a shot, right, Karen? Oh, yeah. Support the people to support the show. I'm Rob.
1: And I'm Karen. And Rob, super excited about today's guest. He is a returned... Guests for us. Welcome back to the show, Eric Devander. Oh, Eric, welcome back to the show.
0: Thank you very much for having me here.
2: Yeah, yeah. last time uh, you guys were overseas getting yeah. ready for the big.
1: Yeah, in Tokyo. Yeah, in
2: Tokyo. <laughs> and uh, we, we called up with you. I guess, I don't know what happened. We were. Going through Yusef, and I think they, I think they double booked you guys or something. We caught you guys just before you were going out to mm. dinner for like a birthday. Yeah, dinner, it was so a birthday. I felt yeah. terrible for bothering you guys. <laughs> welcome to the show.
0: Yeah, no, it was Tammy's birthday, and we had it on the, the top floor, and it was the same night as the uh, they had the opening ceremony. So it was, uh, it was a. Fun little evening there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fun That's little evening. last thing you wanted to do was talk to us. Uh, <laughs> but we've really appreciated that time that you spent with us.
1: So, uh, so Eric, uh, we always love to know where our guests are. So where are you coming to us from?
0: Well, I'm uh, just landed in Montreal. I'm on my way to um, to Bromont. They have a Nations Cup there. And uh, Liz Halliday, one of the riders I work with, she's uh, riding in the team. So I'm up here to support her.
2: Awesome. Oh, nice. Man, oh, man. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you just, we were promoting a Windora clinic, and I believe that happened today,
0: the same day, right?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah well, it was sort of like a little bit of a, I've been quite um exclusive. I have, have a small group of riders that I'm working with, and there's been a lot of, Questions if I can do some more outside work and so on, and uh, so um, we are setting up. I'm setting up uh, not many, but I'm going to set up a few clinics here in the end of the year, and then uh, probably a few more next year. But um, today of Vendura, we um, I just had a little bit of an open day. We had ten horses and uh, and kept it quite small. And and uh, yeah, up early this morning and went through it, and uh, it was actually a real blast because. Uh, I've been working, being so fortunate to work with top level riders. And um, it's actually um, good for me as a trainer to work with the other levels as well, because um, I just have to work harder and I have to explain things more and uh, be more clear in what I'm doing. So I had a real good time this morning. Yeah, that's really
1: cool. <laughs> I love how he says he had some free time as he's having to go to Montreal yeah, yeah. To, <laughs> later
0: yeah. 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 free time oh, and my coach, free time oh, coach, are, totally ten different. Horses,
1: that's okay <laughs> Got time. Uh, no,
0: I know I know i know. like I'm a born worker I like working so it's all good <laughs>
2: yeah that is well and I always found that be, you know before I started doing this show uh you know I just <clears throat> I always just assumed you know people had like normal lives but this uh, it, it's not a normal life like you're you're It's just crazy to think that just a few hours ago, you were in a different country, coaching 10 riders Mm -hmm. cross-country, plus whatever else you had to do, and then you catch a flight, and now you're in Canada, sitting on the side of the road in a runner car, talking to (laughs) us, so...
0: <laughs> uh, I've lived like this gypsy life all my life so before when I was a rider it was the same thing, you're always on the road and then you, mean, it was even like my, my sister, the day she was going to get married, she, she phoned me up and said Eric, we're getting married, what day can we get married? Because I had to stick to my schedule, so it is a little bit crazy the way we, I live and uh, people in this uh, business but um, we love it, so this is what we do Yeah,
4: <laughs> it's crazy
2: So t- along those lines, what is uh, what's your life like now? Like now, so this is your first time in, in quite a while where you're not an official team coach in some capacity. Uh, what are you doing these days exactly?
0: Well, so basically when, um, uh, my job with the USCF finished, um, a group of riders contacted me and just basically said, can we uh, work with you privately instead? So I took on a small group of riders and, uh, so sort of pretty much rolled in the same sort of fashion as we did before. So um, that was, um, I was greatly honored because um, sometimes when you have these jobs. You don't really know if they just work with you because you're the man or if they actually really like working with you. And uh, obviously these riders stepped up and they, um, organized it so yes i've been here i came over in the end of january earlier this year and did a nearly six month stint and then i had a break and went home and uh, now i'm back in and i'm here until end of november and it's pretty much full it is full time
2: wow that's That's fantastic yeah now are you coaching tammy right are you you coach tammy still tammy smith
0: Yeah, so the writers I have on board is, uh, I've got Boyd Martin, uh, Philip Tutton, Liz Halliday-Sharp, Tammy, and uh, Ariel Growl, Jenny Brannigan, and Caroline Martin. Uh, Caroline is in England right now and doing very well, but uh, she was here in the first half of the year, and then uh, she'll come back again. So I'll continue working with her later on.
2: Wow, what a list! What a list! That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny you're still coaching all the same you know, mm-hmm. top top level riders you were before. Uh, it's funny because Tammy came on our show, and I think the first time now she told the story, this was a long time ago. But you were coaching Frankie at uh, an overseas competition as part of the you know your your official capacity with Yousef, and uh, Tammy came over and she was helping groom. And, um,
1: and Kelly Prather. And
2: Kelly Prather. And then I, it sounded like from the story, from the, at the beginning, like you didn't really know who Tammy was, I, I guess. I'm not sure. But it sounded like it was a little rocky in the beginning. I think it's funny that here after it's all said and done, you're
0: still coaching <laughs> her.
1: Because Tammy was being a groom. Because Tammy was grooming, <laughs> like, and you're like...
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, it was. was, We had a real, that was also a very good competition. And Frankie did incredibly well. And uh, Tammy was uh, average as a groom, I must say. (laughs) She's a great writer, but average as a groom. (laughs) Kelly was super. And um, anyway, no, but but we sort of like didn't really know each other. But I had worked with her a bit before. And uh, I sort of always like uh, from early stage when I started working with uh, Tammy, I just recognized she's a. One of the most driven riders and uh, she has talent and uh, she also has nice horsepower. So I like, I've always enjoyed working with her and we've had a good partnership for sure.
2: Oh man, that's so funny. That is so funny. So uh, a lot of these riders are, are on the team for the world championships. Are you going to coach them through the world championships? Are you going to travel like you're doing for, for this uh, world cup?
0: Yeah. So, um, so I'll be going out there. They're flying the horses out. They're having first uh, some, some, days a couple of days uh, down at great meadow before the final sort of outing there so i'll be down there working with them there and then over the show and then uh, they then we have a few days and then they fly to france and they're going to be there for a few days so i fly into france and i'm working with those riders that i'm working with uh, there and then we head down to uh, rome and um, then i'm going to be there so yeah i'm going to be away from um, america from the u.s for a little while Wow. Mm.
2: That is so cool. And like I say, it's, it's really cool that all these writers still want to keep, keep up with you after, yeah. after, um, could, if, do you mind if we talk a little bit about your departure from Yusef? I, I I know it's a little bit of old news now, but you know, it, 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 my, my perspective is we really, the Federation did not give a lot of detail and I can understand why they wouldn't in certain ways. However, um, is there, could, could you, would you mind sharing like how that kind of went down? Was there advance notice? What, 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 did you feel like your job was on the line prior to, or, and, and I understand this job is always an interim position. In my opinion, it doesn't, it's not a, it's not a job. Someone's going to keep for f- 30 years. Any anymore. I, I don't see it that way. No professional sports. Does a coach stay on that long, but you know uh, it just seemed like it was so abrupt. You, the team was definitely swinging in the right direction. And obviously you're, 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 the people you were coaching, a lot of them kept you on. So could you, if you don't mind just sharing anything that you would like about that experience?
0: Well, um, when I came aboard, I sort of... um I was hoping that I was going to stay until uh, Paris Olympics. And and I totally agree with you that these roles should not be held for uh, too long a time. And I thought that would give me enough time to have an impact and uh, also hopefully uh, uh, have a good Olympics with the US team. And um, so that was where my my mind was at. And... um, but uh, basically, uh, my contract finished after Tokyo, and then they put me an extension, and then they uh, told me that uh, they were sort of working out stuff and so on. And um, and anyway, uh, in uh, December, beginning of December, I got a phone call, and it was just said that I was not going to renew the contract, and um, and I actually never asked why or anything because I thought like, well. If they don't want me, it doesn't really matter to me why, uh, what, what the reasoning was. So I actually haven't asked for any answers around that either. And um, and so on. So yeah, there's not much more to the stories really from my side. It's um, uh, simple as that. Wow. Hmm. Is that a call direct from
2: Bill Maroney or?
0: or? No, it was a call like I really had nothing to do with Bill Maroney. I met him like possibly. Uh, or, met him possibly like a couple of hours over the total time I've been uh, in the U S so I didn't really have a relationship with him. So all my conversations were through uh, Will Connell and uh, Will and I, uh, like we worked really well together. And uh, so he was like a real good contact, like connection for me to the USCF. So I enjoyed all the time I worked with him.
2: Wow. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. And now, now that they've, uh they've redesigned the position, you know, they formed the committee, and they, um, you know, and they, they kind of wanted to re reinvent this position and I can understand it's, it's a large country and, and what you were doing must've been, must've been exhausting just traveling across the country and around the world, just coaching individuals was, do, do you think that, uh, do, do you like this new direction that they're going or do you think that the position would be like what you were doing was the right way to do it? Or do you have thoughts on that?
0: No, well, I, I can honestly say, like, uh, I mean, I'm pretty tireless in my work. Like, I, I don't mind working so, and it was a lot of traveling, and it does sap energy out of you and to keep up with everything. And plus, the role was, uh, it's uh, was one thing to have, to um, working with the riders and uh, be there supporting my competitions, but then you have like the whole other side of it which is uh, like the uh, committee meetings and uh, so on and they there was a lot of meetings as well so everything was sort of entangled and uh, you have to sort of like suddenly in the middle of uh, where we we're doing preparation in tokyo there was a, a meeting again like you know like it sort of like got a little in the way and honestly, like uh, my idea was to do the my time, my first four years and into the Olympics, and then really have a good look and how to restructure it uh, the best way. Because I came in as an outsider to start off with. And honestly, I must say, like, uh, I could not really get a clear picture of how it should be done uh, in a big country like that unless you. Blew up the whole system and started all over again, and had a different system in in many ways. And I don't really want to go into too much detail around that because the the people are doing it now. They're working on, obviously, working on trying to set it up in a good way as possible. But um, uh, yeah, I think it is it is a complex country. Like all the other countries I worked with uh, have been uh, smaller, tighter units, and uh, less distance and um, with it, with the New Zealand team, when I worked with them, we actually moved the high performance program to England. So we had everyone there for multiple years, and they continued with that afterwards as well. So, yeah, it's it's a, not it's um, every country is unique, and I, I don't have a real answer of how and what they should be doing. To be honest,
2: gotcha. Yeah, yeah, well, and, I, and I appreciate yeah. that because you still work with everybody so well. And, <laughs> you know, and, and that's actually kind of still working out good for you, I guess, because yeah. the way they went and, and, was and like... Sorry,
0: a... and also, like, I don't have much insight that sometimes the writers start talking a little bit about the new version and so on. And I'm actually a very non-political person, so i sort of uh, am not super interested in that. All I want to do is uh, get these writers I'm working with uh, going their best and to be supportive and be the best I can for them. And then hopefully we'll get some results.
2: Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's like a decentralized coaching, which I do I do kind of get that, you know, if you're you're comfortable with with the coach that got you where you're at, you know, and I kind of get it. If you're, if you're, uh, Joe Schmo and your, your, your coaches have been coaching you for years and they got you up to the point where you're put on the team, then to all of a sudden say, okay, now you have to work with a whole new coach. I can understand where that kind of might be disruptive. You know, if, if, if you're a baseball player and you're batting a certain way, and then all of a sudden, you know, that that got you into the big leagues and then they want you
0: to change it. But,
2: um, so I kind of get it. and yeah. It works out for you. You're,
0: you're, no. You're, you're. <clears throat> no, but that's not really quite the scenario. Like, I mean, it is like, um, I always encourage everyone to have their own home trainers because I couldn't be the everything for everyone. So the whole philosophy was that people had their own coaches and trainers and I came as another layer on top of it. However, uh, what happened was that uh, some a lot of the riders took me on as, as the trainer and uh, that was never my plan. I always wanted them to have their own dressage ju- trainer and their own jumping trainer and uh, so on. So... Uh, and I think that's how it should be because uh, people come and in, come into lists on training lists and they get removed from it. So if you rely on the Federation to supply everything, then uh, when you remove from the list, what happens to even the best riders at times, uh, if they don't have a horse or didn't have results, uh, then they're like whole system is uh, full of pieces. So uh, fundamentally, every rider should have the strength of their own people around them. And then what the Federation offers is one more layer.
2: Gotcha. Well, there you go. Yeah, it makes sense. And that, so that, and that, so, and I appreciate that because that kind of clears up maybe some people's, you know, because the, uh, everyone has to build a perception because no one's really ever explained the entire, you know, the way the way it was set up. At least, uh, at least as far as I can tell, I was unclear. Um, if someone was a, like, y- y- how can I put this generally? If, if anyone that was in the program, and this will be the last question on this, and then we'll move on. If anyone that was in the program and they needed help, was there ever like uh, anyone that uh, you kind of got uh, – there, there would be whispers of people saying, oh, well, you were busy with other people or they didn't feel like they were part of that squad or whatever like that. Was that ever the case? Like, or was it kind of if someone needed help, you were there for them and –
0: Well, the thing is, uh, like, I always believe that um, world-class athletes or athletes that we're trying to promote, they have to be self-driven. So if anyone asks for help, I can 100% say i always help them so if it was uh, any scenario people didn't feel they i was running around after them asking if they needed help that that could be a fact but like uh, we're working with uh, highly professional riders so uh, if they needed some more help they knew and i've said it in all the team meetings just ask for help and i'll be there and then of course like uh, i can't be the best person for everyone so some people used me more and some people used me less so i probably had less value to some of the riders but that is what happens. Like there is, there is, will never be one coach who is going to hit a home run with every person in the whole country and be the best for them. So, and this is why uh, everyone has to have their own trainers and and uh, their own. Uh, system in place and then uh, the national coach comes in and uh, is another layer on top equally as the team veterinarian everyone has their own veterinarians but then the team veterinarian comes in and there's just one more level of skill and knowledge into the mix so I think as long as you think of it like that rather than one person is going to carry the whole country and do everything because that is like a total impossibility however if that was the last question I have to say though also like there was not one day I didn't enjoy working with the USCF and uh, and uh, the riders I had it was a really good job, and I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the owners and the people in general. Let's see, I had a real good time. So when I look back on those years I worked for Federation, I just look back with their really good mem- memories. Oh
2: man, so that's yeah. fantastic. I love
1: it. Yeah, we loved love having it. you as a coach
2: too. I've so. really enjoyed it. I liked
0: it. you were always very really good to us. You were kind
2: to us. You, yeah. And um I thought you did a great job. And I thought the team was going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And you know, we love Bobby Costello. We love Max. You know, all the people that are involved with the day to day and. And, um, you
0: know, yeah, so we they're, sh- they're great people. I mean, I, I said to the writers, as well, they, they're they lucky because they, they got like Bobby is the top man. And uh, yeah, it's uh, and uh, they, they've got a good group there uh, around them now. So it's it's different. But uh, the, those guys are good.
2: Yeah. They well, know the for job. Working- Max
0: knows it. Max has done this job for all her life. And Bobby's been in the business for a long time. And he knows the writers and he has a really lovely way about him. Always. Yeah. 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 And sure as, you're, as you're the coach, uh, for, uh, you know, the
2: private coach for a lot of these riders, I think that it works that Bo- Bobby has the B- – Bobby is the right guy for that type of position to be able to to do that. Now, I know that position yeah. still – we just talked to Bobby not too long ago, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and and he's not even sure if he's going to 100% apply for it. They're going to wait till they get through this world championship. So we'll see. There still might be more changes to come.
1: This segment is brought to you by Turtleneck. Keep your horse dry when it rains with the rain turtle by going to turtleneck.biz
0: Yeah, I, I don't know about that either. But I, I we, Bobby and I, we touched base the other day and I had a little chat and I would just sort of explain it like uh, like I'm all for all of the, the whole U.S. team and I'm not just coming in there and uh, working uh, just with those riders. I'm not saying I'm going to work with any of the others, but I'm all for the U.S. going well and uh, to support Bobby and, and um, I told him like, uh, if I, he thinks I'm getting in the way, tell me to move out of the way and, and I'm welcome, <laughs> then I'll be there. So I think yeah, we just laughed about it, but I think that's going to work out very well. Very uh, simple. Easy.
2: I love it. Yeah. I, I love the fact that we're getting on right now, right? As we're gearing up for these world championships, so we can get your, ha, how how you're mixing into the fold. And I think that's fantastic that everybody's. Everyone, you
1: know, yeah.
2: Everyone's working together. We're all on the same page. We're all mm-hmm. trying to win. Um, just a, a little change of gears over the years, you've been the team coach and one of many of your same riders that you coach have been also coached by uh, our good friend, Richard Picken, who just recently passed. And I just um, we're recording this just days after his passing. And I was wondering if you just, um, you know, if you if you know, what your relationship was like with Richard and if, if um, you know, if you had anything you'd like to say about that.
0: Well, I actually knew uh, his wife Joni really well from uh, from the past. So it was actually through Joni that I learned to know Richard. And uh, like this is way before he actually started um, working with the writers and such. And uh, so and he's always been he was always the most kindest, generous, good man. And uh, he was like honestly loved by everyone, and it's been a tough week because they're going around to Philip Dutton, and him, and he was a very close friend of Philip's, and you can just feel the vibe in the with Philip and Evie like a like um they're suffering, and the same thing with um with the Boyd and it's all sort of like everyone it's hit everyone over the head for sure, and um it's um, yeah it is a tragedy, it's a and he died way too young, and he's mm-hmm. um he was a good very good person, so yeah. I don't know what else to say. He no. will be dearly missed.
2: Yeah. Yes, he will. Yes, for he sure. will. I just we knew that you kind of you know obviously intertwined with all that coaching and everything. So, and so much travel and everything. So yeah, well, yeah. yeah. It's just uh, you know you got gotta ask. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. so question for you. So as we move back to like current day. So uh, when you're coaching riders, like, do you have a preferred? What discipline you're coaching? Is it the flat, the jumping, the cross country? And and did these riders pick you for specific, like, is, is Liz using you for something different than Tammy as far as your coaching? Is everyone picking what they want or or, or do they get the total package th- out of you?
0: I think they sort of look at me as an eventing coach because they sort of will run like sort of, a, like every time I go to the yards, I look at the how the horses are shot, I look at the, how the horse's health is and I'm just sort of checking in another set of eyes on the horses and and just uh, really uh, sort of getting not like uh, running that at all, but like just like having comments on uh, if there's anything I see and a fair bit like in with the fitness training the most riders run past their sort of like gallops and what they're doing. And uh, and also uh, to a certain extent, the competitions and lead ups and all of this. So it is sort of I still sort of like do that sort of side. And then uh, when I arrive to people's yards, uh, like I normally spend two days with them. In a row, and uh, we normally uh, flat them, uh, and uh, then we do uh, jumping or cross country. So it's a little bit of a mixture. So it's not a set thing. That's uh, the riders run it. They have my time and they. And uh, then I'll do whatever they want me to do. I'm comfortable in all areas. I like uh, I know the horses so well, so I think that's part of why things function really well. Like I've been in the game my my first two years when I didn't really know the riders and didn't know the horses, it was very it's a very difficult job because. Um, you have to relearn everything like you have to actually really fundamentally understand the horse as well to be able to go to advice. But now, like we're working with horses that I've seen as uh, from six year olds, and they're now like uh, 10, 11 years old, and in their prime. So that is, um, that's where the job gets uh, a little bit easier. And you can sort of see how the progression is. And no, but I'm like, I, I don't have any preferred people use me slightly different, but um, pretty much the same, like uh, working on all areas. Man, I
2: love it. I love it. And now the fact that every once in a while you're picking up clinics and I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool. How what was the lowest level of like uh rider that you had or uh, in this clinic that just had a windora?
0: Well, it was a couple of I don't know if there were a couple but there were they they were buddies anyway and they um Sort of just hobby riders riding novice horses, and um, and uh, we didn't jump anything big, but we got through all the motions. And it's like with that, when I train people, even at the lowest level, I don't change the way I train, like, and this is why I don't do big groups, I'll only have like a two in a group uh, because I want to be quite intimate with them and uh, I really focus. It's not about an experience, it's about actually learning. So we go through like uh, it wouldn't be those lessons with the lower level horses and uh, less experienced riders would not be anything different to what i do with the top riders it's the same thing but like obviously slightly less demands on them but it's got to be the same same system all the way so yeah so they they <laughs> i think i think it is it was a little intense for some of them they sort of said oh god this is a lot of learning in one hour but however this is uh, this is how it is if You want to be good. You got to be in. You got to really get into the nitty gritty, and it's not just a, a laugh because it is a danger. Like we would do cross country today, and it is it is a dangerous sport. And we got to teach the riders to not gallop at the fences. They got to be organized, and the horses have to understand the fundamentals. And uh, then uh, we'll keep people safer, and the horses go better. So it's um, it's important. Even when you're working with that level, it's very important.
2: Yeah, you yeah, know that's a sure. very very. Uh, it's not where I was planning on going down, but you brought up a very important thing. You know, we have so much reliant, like, um, you know, we're talking about frangible technology. And of course that's important and that's helping. And we're talking about MERs and, and making people a, qualified in a certain regard. But then, you know, where is that beginner novice, novice rider that's learning that, hey, you know, that, that exact fact that, hey, I can't just i got to have control of this horse. I can't teach this horse that they just they set the, the pace or run off and everything like that. You know I mean? That sounds so important. Yeah, no.
0: It is I mean, It is a little bit like, an, uh, and I'm going to have a little crack at it now, but uh, it is what I 100% believe. I think uh, the FEI and federations, they make all these rules of qualifications and the uh, tangible pins and all that. And I'm for sure, all of that helps to a certain extent, but... It, it is like educating riders to ride better and fully understand how to approach fences and uh, how to not be competitive until you're ready. And all of these things, that is where the work should be done, in my opinion. And that is where no country has succeeded in doing that particularly well. I spoke to... Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Fredrik Bergendorf, who works with the Swedish Federation uh, as the chef to keep and coaching as well. And uh, he put together a video and that was really quite good. And uh, I think there should be more education on that side as well where people can watch videos of actually understanding that every fence has to be approached uh, in a certain speed, in a certain balance and also giving the horses enough time to read the question. And it's... Um, and uh, the, the courses are... are Pretty technical early on, and um, on these on um, these lower levels as well. So you got to know how to ride. Yeah. Is that a video that we could find publicly, or I don't know. Like he just sent it through to me, but okay. it so, I would I would have thought it would be on the Swedish Federation. So if you go there, everything is in Sweden, so you'll probably get lost. <laughs> <laughs> probably, <It's> probably. <laughs> they probably they probably send you down the track of they. Uh, they probably want to see the Swedish show jumping team who just blasted it at the World Games. Yeah, that was fantastic.
2: Yeah, amazing.
0: It was good to be Swedish last week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's home that was guy. really good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, uh, another quick question, and I i hate to keep you long. I know you're on the side of the road, but this is a special opportunity to talk to you. Uh, as, as uh, being a person who's coached at the highest level, do you believe a, a young, let's say, these young riders, a, a, a young rider going um prelim, intermediate, you know, they're working their way up, or even novice and training. Do you think that obviously we all have our home coaches, but do you believe in and how much or, or or if you should like how like for dressage or show jumping or cross country? Should do you believe in keeping the same coach and that consistency or do you think it's good to do a lot of clinics like and, you know, do you, have a, have you ever thought about that and exactly what like put it to well, you know, <clears throat>
0: if it like it, it would be different like i mean people ride as a hobby that is one thing that's a little bit it's, it's a little bit outside of it they, those guys need to pick up on local trainers and figure out who the best uh, people are around them that they're accessible frequently so it's not like once every now and then it has to go you you'd like to see people train like in, in germany and sweden like every rider anyone who has a horse will have one dressage lesson a week and one show jumping lesson it's like and that is at all level, like every level. Everyone just has that. And it's uh, that's just a system. I don't think uh, people have as many much training uh, here in America or anywhere else really than some of these uh, places, not even in England, but some of these places in Europe where um, people come from writing schools and then move on to. They, they're just used to having tuition. So I think that's really important. But I still believe, and I think, uh, I mean, it's been most likely spoken about here is about Before, but uh, if you want to become a good rider, a top class rider, you need to do your apprenticeship. You should go and base yourself with a world class rider and really watch and see how they do things. And it's been really interesting uh, having conversations. uh, No, I'm not talking out of line, but like uh, right now, I've been working with them. uh, Caroline Martin for quite a few years and uh, she got a grant and she went over to Pippa Funnel. and to be there every day and have Pippa there on her side every day and watch Pippa how she does it. Like I could not do that in my two day sessions every once a fortnight with uh, Caroline. I can be only involved to a certain uh, degree and the amount of learning she's had from being there I remember I've spoken to her and this about their gallops and how much time they actually spend the training the horses and the system. And it is... Um, and, and that's Caroline who's riding at the highest level. I mean, she's been around five-star tracks. So it's, uh, she's like quite up, high up the ladder. But that is very smart for her, of her to go and spend um, three months or four months what it's going to be in a professional yard in England and just up her game. So I believe that is a, a super important part that a lot of people miss out on.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And she's doing great over there. She's doing yeah. fantastic.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, she did. She was very she's young.
0: boss as well
2: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was she was very young when she went out on her own and i can kind of i get that i mean she had great coaching i mean but yeah but i get it
0: yeah um, she has she has good support but it is that uh, like we're uh, being in, in someone's yard really fully understanding and uh a system and then she has had the help of other people who have been uh, of good help for her but as well uh, so but then uh to go to another yard and uh, like any younger rider like uh to go to pippa for three four months and then uh in a couple of years, go to someone else and learn some more because it's endless. Like I'm still learning, like, uh, like I'm fortunate to work with world class riders, but I also learn everyday stuff from them. I watch them and they do things. Sometimes they do think, things. like, saw. Oh, well, that's pretty impressive, you know, like, so it is. Uh, and that's a little bit like uh, it's when you work with riders and uh, like I do, it should be a learning environment for everyone. We're trying to develop all together, trying to develop these horses and riders
2: amen
1: yeah i love it for sure amen yeah, yeah.
2: hey uh the, uh the you know know you're sitting on the side of the road we don't want to hold you up too long so uh just as, uh, moving forward um we want to thank also yeah. we want to thank athletics and frankie for helping set yes. this up um yes definitely. frankie helped uh you know, we help Frankie promote your clinic and everything. And that filled up pretty doggone quick. So I don't know how much we help. Yeah, I I I'm,
0: I'm really lucky I have Frankie on my side. She's now, now my manager and uh, she will, um, she, she, yeah, she's taken over. She's top lady. So uh, I don't have to organize things because that's not my strength. Uh, I mean, I'll turn up with, I said to her, I'll turn up with a clean shirt and uh, that's, and do my job. And then uh, she does the rest of it. And she, she, she She's a fantastic lady. So I'm very fortunate to have her, uh, my camp
1: here yeah Yeah, for sure
2: keeping you straight keeping
0: you straight yeah she sure she does that too yes
2: (laughs) (laughs) so frankie will definitely keep us in the loop as you do more future uh you know those sprinkle in those little clinics here and there as 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 time allows so we'll, we'll help keep promoting that for frankie so thank you frankie um as far as, you. as far as the future, one last question, are, are you, would you still take another Federation style job in another country if, if one comes up or are you enjoying this freedom of not the, the constraint of, uh, of some governing body over you?
0: Honestly, like I had no idea, like I've been working with the federations for a long time now, um. Yeah, a very long time and just gone from one job to the other. And I really, really love it. So it's sort of like something I love doing. But then when I stopped working with the US, like, and now I had no idea how stressful it was. Like I've I just been so conditioned to, it's so much going on all the time and people pulling in directions and trying to put, get everything together. So this uh, being able to freelance that I am doing, like life is really good. Like I'm really <laughs> enjoying it. But uh, so I wouldn't take on another team and uh, or, or like uh, when I took on the American team, and uh, that was like for me the ultimate and uh, that's what I wanted to do and uh, always wanted to do. And having done that now, I don't feel any urge to work with any other team. Uh, I'll work with individual people and I'll support someone. Um, I've been asked for, through the FBI to do some support for some South American country and just being a coach support. And uh, I can see myself doing a bit more of that. But yeah, um, no, I wouldn't. I'm, I'm not going to take on any other new countries. That's for sure. Yeah.
2: Well, it's so the best of both best of both worlds for us. We still get Eric coaching yeah. the Americans. Yep. Going to the show, you know. So, <laughs> and you're you're still basically getting paid by u s e f
0: they're getting a stipend. oh no, no, not really. Yeah. Like no. uh, honestly, like when it's not for me to say, but the, there has not been any training grants. So mm. the writers are writers and owners are coughing up for it, and the, that is like the support the writers have from the owners to continue to do what we're doing, and uh, the writers who are managing the whole thing. So it is self-managed. It oh, wow. is. So that's um, yeah. Oh
2: wow! Well, because because the, the perception was, or I think what they were saying was. They'll, 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 they'll limit that position and then be able to put more money into each rider's coaching, personal coaching. So that was, uh, that's interesting. So we'll see if that,
0: well, don't out. quote me. Well, I've said it on live here, but like, a, <laughs> like, a, a, I asked the riders if they have uh, had any gr- grants yet and uh, they haven't. So wow. that's hmm. all I know. I don't get involved in that side, but right, it's, uh, right. for, for now, they're, they're pulling the weight themselves, which is even more admirable because they are working a lot and they're spending a lot of money mm-hmm. on, uh, Continuously improving themselves, they have not slowed down one bit. They just kept it up. So, the the, the riders I'm working with, they're like a, I'm in awe of them. They're very impressive. Yeah.
2: Driven, and will you impressive. be down at Great yeah. Meadow? Will you be at Great Meadow, Coach? Yes.
0: Me? Yeah, I'm going to be down there.
2: So hopefully we can. Uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully we'll we see. get there. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be down there. So ho- well, I think we'll be down there. We should be down there, right, Karen? I hope so.
0: I think so. Yeah. So awesome! Yeah. It's a great event. Everyone should go there. It's a it's a good show. They put on a real good show for
2: sure. Yeah. Well, listen. Yeah. We've had you held up on the side of the highway in Canada long <laughs> enough.
4: The Mounties are going to
2: wonder what's going yeah. on there, so we will not hold you up any longer. Thank you so much for carving at yeah, this time. Yeah, this was great. And uh, we just wish you all the best of luck, and just thank you so much for 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 your honesty and and sharing so much with us today. We really appreciate it. And best of luck at the World Games. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, all the best.
1: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and never miss an episode of the Major League Eventing Podcast.